Sports. Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Welcome here into another edition of State of the Sun Devils. Alongside Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. Wow. We got a big week ahead of us, boys. Arizona State taking on Arizona in both men's and women's basketball. The men's team plays noon on December 31st on Arizona Sports app and 98.7, wherever you can get your app, whether on your tablet, on your phone, you can listen to it. Smart right speaker. Oh yeah, obviously. ArizonaSports.com. Yeah, yeah, that's true that too. too. Yeah, that's where you can find all of Jake's articles, everything that you don't read anyway. I'd still read it. Uh huh. You read the headlines. Headlines are, are king in this uh, in this day and age, guys. Um, Whatever you say. And then, of course, the women's team they play at six p.m. on Thursday down in Tucson. But let's start off with the men's game that's happening here on Saturday in Tempe. Jake, I know this is going to be an exciting one. What are you looking forward to to watching in this game? I'm really upset that they're not going to have a double-ranked matchup just because yeah. the loss yeah. to San Francisco knocked them out. But that being said, that game did not include Des Cambridge. Des Cambridge should be back for this one. This is a full-throttle ASU team who loves to play defense against a national championship contender, U of A, who loves to score points. So it's the strength versus strength battle, and I think it's a good you know, size-up test for ASU to see, hey, is this team able to... Maybe make some noise in the tournament. Maybe make a Sweet 16 run like we were hoping for, talking about potentially. Or do they still have a lot of work to go? And we'll find out Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think for me as well, uh, Jeremy, uh, I think that this game will like like Jake said will just show how good ASU actually is. Yeah. I know that rivalry games are a little weird sometimes, and a, and a team that's much worse can beat a team that's much better. But ASU has a lot of talent, and if that talent can show that you know it's good enough to compete with a team like U of A, even just compete with them, lose by eight, lose by six, something like that, then I think that you know it, it is a good gauge for when they play teams that are slightly worse than U of A, like a UCLA or or a team you know at UCLA's level that hey you know this team can can beat teams like that beat good tournament teams and then you know advance to the round of 32 the sweet 16 get to the Pac-12 tournament final stuff like that uh, earlier today, Bobby Hurley was on with Bickley and Murata on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, and he was asked what happened in that San Francisco game. Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect storm, really. We uh, we didn't shoot well early in the game. They made every shot. Uh, you know, I hinted after our San Diego game that I wasn't pleased with our defense, and we were going down a bad path. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, it all came to a head in, in the last game, unfortunately. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, a lesson that's learned, and you know, we got to be ready to play. We got to guard better. Uh, that's been our calling card. We haven't done it the last two games, so got to get it fixed. And we have, uh, you know, we have some days to practice here and prepare for Saturday. That's very interesting to hear him talk about the defense, Jake, because that's been what Arizona State has been fantastic at this year. Especially, too, with like when a team like San Francisco gets just so hot from three, right, and. I bring that up because U of A is shooting lights out 
from three as well. Yeah. And obviously, we know that there are teams who... It comes every tournament, right? Teams live and die by the three. But I think the difference here, with U of A being a national championship contender, is it's not just the outside. They, they can literally do both. Like If they want to go inside and you want to double, they can throw it out back out. Now you have an open shooter. So I think with them, it's when... And even when, let's say, Dez doesn't have a normal Dez game, how are you going to come back from that mid-game adjustments? And I think at the end of the day, with Bobby, it's just if you can play defense every single game, you will always have a shot to win because we know that this team doesn't necessarily score with the best of the teams that they we've seen them play so far. It's the length of Arizona that I'm really worried about, especially down low. And at Arizona State, they good good on them. They finally addressed some of the needs at the center and power forward position during this offseason. But I'm going to need to see people like Devin Cambridge, who is technically a guard, people like Warren Washington really step up this game and guard players like Tubelis and Ballo down low. It's going to be very interesting to see. And we'll talk about that later on. Kellen Olson is going to join us in just a little bit. He's going to talk more about U of A. But I want to hear from Bobby Hurley's perspective about what he thinks about this Arizona team. Again, he was on with Bickley or Murata this morning on Arizona Sports. Well, they're a very good basketball team. And, uh, you know, you touched on, you know, just the size around the basket. And, you know, Balo has really tightened his game up for them. And, uh, you know, you talked about Taboulas being one of the best, I think, uh, transition running bigs in college basketball. So I think there's a lot of things that we need to address uh, defensively, making sure that you know, we take care of the interior. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, one of the top interior field goal percentage defenses in the country and you know we're going to need every bit of that on yeah so i mean it again more uh more about the defense more about defense stepping up and i like that bobby is talking about more because over the past few years it has not been good enough to be honest the defense no it hasn't um i think in this game ASU's going to have to get back to that defense they were playing a few games ago. The defense that they played against Stanford and um, Colorado in their first two Pac-12 games. Um, that That's going to be what they, they have to do. I think it's going to have to be a grinded out game where they, you know, they on offense, they move the ball well without turning it over so that they can wind away that shot clock, uh, you know, get a good shot, but not too quickly. And then you know just lock down on defense. And again, they've got they've got their work cut out in the paint. And yeah. as you mentioned with the th- the three point uh, the three point percentage from U of A. So I mean they they've got their hands full, and they're gonna have to be the best team that they've been this year, and probably even a little bit better. ASU has no shot to win this if it's high scoring. Yeah, like that. Like, it's as simple as that. The only chance ASU Unless. has is if. This game's in the 70s, 60s area. If it gets any higher than that, I don't think ASU has the offensive production to keep up with U of A because they can get to 80, 90 plus in a second. Yeah, yeah they're the second ranked offense mm-hmm. in the country and the number one team, I believe, plays in the CAA or the Sun Belt, whatever JMU is in these days. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that's not that's not the Pac-12. That, that That's not playing against four ranked teams, I believe. They've well, guess played what? Against you know who's year. at the top of the Pac-12 right now? Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona in offensive points no. per game? In, in general. 
Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two and zero in the Pac twelve. Yeah, uh, yeah. Arizona's one and one. They obviously lost their first game um, against Utah this year against uh, Montana, Missoula, Montana. Great Raleigh Wooster. Thanks. I Jeremy. covered we when I was that. in Helena, Montana, uh, at my first job. But uh, nonetheless, Utah played a great game. They scored eighty one points and only held Utah to sixty, or only held Arizona to sixty six points. So to go, so to go to your point on that, Jake. If it's in the 60s, it's in the 70s. ASU has a chance here on Saturday. Yeah. I just... Can you do it? Like, it's it can be done, right? We we talked last week that they'll have the whole Christmas break to kind of digest this and study film and know who they're practicing for. So, it, it's, again, hopefully Dez plays. It was just a stomach bug, so yep. not an injury. A full throttle, full ASU team... I, it, it's a test. I just want to see how. where is this team at? Can they do it? It was like the U.S. playing the Netherlands in the World Cup. How far do we got to go? We found out. We're going to find out with ASU on Saturday. I think there's a few keys to this game. I'm going to give my uh, Jesse's keys to the game. Or I, I got to come up with that. Presented by? <laughs> Presented by Bobby Hurley, nobody. who's we also are, said his key to the game. We'll yeah. play that in a second. Yeah. We are open for sponsors. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh they're going to have to limit the turnovers because we've, we've seen ASU... T- wow, it's almost like you listened to Bobby Hurley yeah. on Arizona Sports earlier yeah, today. I did. Yeah, it's, it's almost <laughs> like I did. Um, but they're going to have to limit the turnovers because as we've seen, ASU has been able to force a lot of turnovers, but also they've had they've turned the ball over themselves. Uh, so they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to stay out of foul trouble uh, because, you know, that's... that. Arizona shoots over 70% from the free throw. Correct, line. yes. If, if 25 they, a game. If they if they get into foul trouble and you've got Austin Nunez and Duke Brennan trying to, you know, play against Balo and Tubelis, then I, you know, I don't think that ASU's got much of a chance there. And then they're going to have to shoot the three well. It's been sometimes tough to come by this year. Um, but, you know, uh, Nunez... Uh, Frankie Collins, Des Cambridge, Devin Cambridge, DJ Horn. DJ Horn they're gonna ha- somebody's gonna have to get hot from three. Well, the guards are gonna have to shoot. Yeah, yeah, but like especially like they've got to have somebody that's gonna you know have a big game. They got to have someone that's gonna have a big night, whether that's Horn, Cambridge. Uh, if you can get a secondary score, they got a legit chance. Yes, like a, if a secondary guy goes off, has a night, scores fifteen plus. You have, you have a shot. And limits the turnovers, which Bobby yeah. Hurley talked about earlier today on Bickley and Murata. Just making sure we have floor balance and uh, we're not giving them live ball turnovers where they could go and and, uh, and score some easy baskets and get confidence. So it's a lot of things from a defensive standpoint that we're going to have to, uh, to, to prepare for uh, because Arizona presents a lot of challenges. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. Yeah. Again, one of the best? No, they're number two. This so, is like... going to be... This is going to be... A really hard game for Arizona State to win. However, they are at home. That we have seen this team beat Arizona when Arizona is a really good team. Uh, when they've played in Tempe, Tempe is a whole different animal. I think just because I, I, I think that when ASU goes down there to Tucson later this year, that might be an absolute route. Yeah. But this game. And for in front of mostly Arizona State fans, you know there will be a good amount of students there, even though they're on break. Um, this might be a you know a different game than U of a what is, we are expect yeah. expecting to see out of U of A or and what we have seen out of U of A this yeah. season. 
um, to go back to ASU's defense, um, they're holding opponents to 64.08, so 64.1 points per game. That's 68th in, in the country. Which is which is a lot better than football, where there's like 125 <laughs> FBS teams. This is an entire Division One, like 300-plus teams. They are 68, so that's, that's very good. And also holding opponents to 36.7 field goal percentage. That's number 11 in yeah. the country. Yeah. So they're very good on defense, and they had a very un, un, unconventional, un, uh, uncharacteristic. Unca- is the word you're there you go. For. Uncharacteristic performance against San Francisco last week. Um, we're gonna talk to Kellen Olson in just a second and get his thoughts on what Arizona brings to the table. And now we welcome in Kellen Olson, big U of A guy, right, Kellen? Huge, the hugest. Huge. What's up? Yeah. The hugest. Uh, wow. So, are you huger than uh, Kevin Zimmerman? I don't like to make things a competition, Jesse. Unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was like our first question because last time Kevin Zimmerman was here talking about the U of A football team, he I think said he that said he was, was the biggest. I think he said he was just huge. Kellen just said he's the hugest. Yeah. I think hugest is bigger than biggest. I don't don't like you guys and your attention that we talked about before the mics went on trying to spread over into the Empire of the Suns podcast, (laughs) which I don't think Kevin and I have even had like a discussion like you two just had, which was not even that bad, but like we haven't even done anything like that at all. Jeremy and I... I I live and die. Salim Stoudemire is my favorite athlete of all time, probably. It's either him or Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, when they lost to Illinois in 05, 04, 03, 05. I'm terrible with dates. Clearly a huge fan here. Um, that was awful. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, I told him to his face. I was like, yeah, you ruined like a good three weeks of my life over those two years. Um, <laughs> Sam Decker, I would have told him the same thing if he ever played for the Suns. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on the on uh, this. And I kind of fell out during the Sean Miller era towards the latter end just because it was so boring to watch them and his style of play is just so but now we're in the top era which is they're the most fun team to watch in the country right now they have to be so i'm, I'm tuned in for every game i can be more yeah. fun than arizona state yeah speaking of fun arizona state taking on u of a this week i i guess i in, in two different uh oh i just want to clarify real quick jeremy mm-hmm. and i we never have any tension <laughs> okay um there's the tension right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely sold it. That was really convincing, guys. Great. Yeah. Uh, I like how Jake backed it up, too. It didn't say anything at all. The, first of all, the women's team uh, is going down to Tucson to take on number 18, Arizona. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. The Jade Lavelle uh, grudge match, Jesse? I think it's more of an intense thing when she comes here to Tempe. <laughs> Even though there's going to be a lot more fans at the U of A women's game than there will be at the ASU when, when they have when they have the rivalry at home. I'm sure you've been paying more attention to the women's team now that they're actually playing really well over the past five, four years, something like that. Uh, what have you seen? Three. Yeah. yeah, so what have you seen fr- from that team in specific uh, that you've liked? I haven't watched any of them this year to be honest or just be completely transparent so I can't speak on them this year but I just know that the style of play that Barnes really likes and I just think that from a basketball standpoint their movement has been there much like the men's team like that that kind of happens sometimes every now and then like the Sons of Mercury kind of had a similar thing going with like Monty and uh, and Brondello just like the way they kind of kept things moving in, in, off, in offensive systems and that and they just kind of play the same kind of way like when I was watching those games with Ari McDonald it, it was a lot of her bailing them out of, out of 
certain situations, but the way that they just kind of blend other players in has been really impressive. And I'm sure their roster is is kind of the same way this year. I imagine they're pretty balanced scoring wise. I would assume yep. like that's just the kind of system that they play. And we're going to talk about the men's team more in a bit. Like they've got five players in double figures, and they should have six, quite honestly, with Cedric Henderson as well. So I think that they're they're kind of in that same way where it's just really easy to watch them play, and it's really easy to see like it's not rocket science. My take on college sports all over the place is that most of those coaches coaches are terrible and uh, Barnes is a really good coach and you can just watch the way the team plays and see that uh, she's not terrible she's really really good at her job and she should start getting consideration like everywhere I'm talking like assistants in the NBA like yeah. she's legit yeah well I think something that you like to see out of college coaches is not necessarily if they're good at the X's and O's is if they care about their players and I think Idina Barnes actually cares about her players. Yeah, I think John Calipari cares about his players too, but his system is horrible and yeah. he doesn't know how to coach basketball that well, but he keeps getting those players, so he's going to keep having that job forever and keep fooling them into giving him extensions. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a terrible coach. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> he, great recruiter, terrible coach. Jesse, you know a lot. Just, just I, I just want to, this is a tangent, but again, uh, like they had John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins lost to West Virginia because West Virginia has Bob Huggins, who's a Pre- great coach. Press Virginia. Um, Jesse, you know a lot about both these teams. Correct. You, you are a, a voter in Pac-12 women's basketball. Uh, what do you expect to see on Thursday? What I expect to see on Thursday, uh, I think ASU, um, unfortunately, is going to lose by a lot of points. <laughs> that, that is what I think. I think that U of A is a tremendously better team than Arizona State. Um, there you go. Quickly, we'll go over and, and something to look at here. Is there a lot of assists on this uh, on this U of A team? People that average over two assists. Um, that's scary because in college basketball, people don't like to pass very much. Yes, ASU women's basketball does not move the ball very, very move the ball very well. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, she doesn't have the dribble around in circles for 18 seconds with three motions just to have your offense moving because you can't create a real motion offense. You have to have this fake dribble handoff three sequence thing over and over again. Then somebody has the ball left with 14 seconds and they have to do something with it. Like that's not how they play. That's how Arizona State Arizona State plays. Yeah, I know. Correct. Yeah, the men's team plays the, like the, that. The, yeah. the, the women's team plays. I'm sure the other one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Most so, teams. So play like that yeah, again, level, yeah. again, they they mirror. They kind of mirror each other again. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, there there's just there, there's some struggles on offense that I would like to see uh, cleaned up from both of these teams for ASU. Um, Real quick before we get to the men's team, three players in double figures or four players in double figures this year for U of A. uh, Pellington, uh, Lavelle, Reese, and Martinez all averaging. Kate Reese in her 15th season on campus. Ridiculous. She's great. (laughs) Been on campus for 15 years. She rules. Um, so, should be a fun game. We'll see. Uh, ASU women's basketball has been playing a little bit better as of late. Uh, want to see want to see a lot more out of um, out of this team as they continue into the Pac-12 schedule. Now, on to the men's team. All right, Arizona State eleven and two going into this game. Uh, they're two and zero in Pac-12, but they did lose by thirty seven to San Francisco in the last game. Kellen, um, unfortunate, but. U of A, 12-1. They do have a better record. They're 1-1 one one in the Pac-12, so guess what? ASU's still at the top of the Pac-12. What do you think is going to be the difference in this matchup? The first question I ask with every other team that is going to play against Arizona, um, do you have size and do you have yes. real size with multiple guys that can Correct. guard our size? Yes. Are any of these guys from a strength perspective going to be able to handle Umar Balo? Yeah, he's good. I mean, Warren Washington's got a, 
uh, he's a big dude. Uh, Duke Brennan off the bench. He's young, but uh, he's also he's he's not he's not a bone thin guy. So I mean, I, I think that they they match up pretty well with U of A. Now rebounding, they could be a little bit better there, um, but overall, I think it's that the loose balls that I'm worried about. Yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, this is the first time that. ASU has had a lot of size, maybe since Jordan Bochinski was here. Great block, Chinsky. Yeah. That's all you got, Jake? The, the, okay. Your um, contribution to that. So, <laughs> the thing that I love about this Arizona team more than last year's team is they get in the bonus at will for some reason, and this is me speaking as a, like, identifying what is happening. Arizona gets an awesome whistle this year. This has not been the case in previous years, and I'm able as a fan to say when we get a good whistle and when we don't. We have a great whistle this year. Fan, refs are willing to call contact, and I just see the other teams getting more and more pissed as the year goes on at the fouls they're able to draw. If Washington has two fouls three minutes into the game who checks in for him duke, duke brennan. brennan okay who guards two bellas maybe devin who's technically a guard i personally don't necessarily think asu matches up size wise okay um even a- athlete take, wise it's different when it comes to when we're talking about the big boys and and, and with, with who's kellen's talking about omar bialo like this dude is Enormous, like he's just Pac-12 a, Shaq is how I've described a monster him. presence. You can't, you can't miss him on the court. He's he's giant, dominates the post. Yes, Warren Washington actually is a seven footer, but like Kellen just alluded to, they're thirteenth in the country in fouls, uh, free throw attempts per game. They're shooting seventy three percent clip, um, which is great for college basketball. Yes, and it's not like ASU. I mean, we've seen a couple of these ASU games where both teams are shooting a billion free throws. It feels like you're watching a Suns game, right, where the opponent's just shooting free throws. Yep. So, I just, I don't know if, especially if the foul trouble then comes in, and then now Duke, you're going to have to lean on Duke Brennan to do that, and then Tubelis, who's going to, I just, I think it's really tough, especially because of how good of a, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's U of A can score better than anybody else in the country, and ASU's really good at defense, and I, I just don't know if ASU's going to be able to slow them down so i'll take jesse's optimistic answer on that they'll manage it fine and we'll we'll, we'll sign off on that that's great if like, they don't foul they're, they're there gonna, you go they're gonna foul but it, besides the point <laughs> okay can you guys get stops consistently yes yes you guys have a very I'm not on the floor so you guys have a very very good defense uh kevin zerman told me when i was walking by uh earlier today that there's a metric that's like Chat uh, that's tracking like layups, tips, and dunks, or whatever, and they let, allow the least of any team in the country right now in terms of shots at the rim, essentially. And that's a excellent thing to be good at. Out of anything, if there were like three things I wanted a basketball team to be good at, one of them would be denying shots at the rim, and they do that. So, so that's awesome. The other thing is, can they create enough consistent offense? So this is a thing that matters in all of basketball, but can they create enough consistent offense to where they're not playing out in semi-transition and going the other way? Because Tubelis is already halfway down the court before the rebound is even in Umar Bala's hands. He's gone. And if you're playing against that, you're tough. And the thing that I've noticed, and I've talked about in passing with all of you, and I've made this point separately in other places, is it blows my mind every year how Bobby Hurley, who is arguably the best college basketball point guard of all time, has not found a point guard yet, and how they don't play with ball movement and all that kind of stuff that Hurley yep. was known 
going for over the course of his career. But this year, in five games this year, you guys have had at least 18 assists. In five it's been other, a lot better. In five other games, you've had 11 assists or less. So which team do you guys show? If you guys show the one getting 18 plus assists, they don't have to finish with 18 assists. I'm saying if I see that ball movement, then this will be a competitive game. It will be. It's and, been, and I'm being nice with saying competitive because I think this U of A team is stacked. I think it might be better than last year's. It's absurd. That's saying something, yeah. But... If you guys move the ball, you guys you have to be able to play defense against us and have athletes, and you guys have both of those things. Who's stepped up the most this year? Because you guys lost Matherin, Terry, Coloco, all to the draft. And, and who who has just taken over? And, and Matherin's like the second best rookie. I have to imagine Umar Balo is the best, most improved player in the entire country. I can't imagine anyone else who has gone through the jump he has. Last year when we were talking about the team on our podcast, I was not willing to call him one of the good players on the team. I think he was the most frustrating player on the team. <laughs> They've had guys in the past like Caleb Tarzuski, like Kirill Nadiasko, who just don't know how to use their size and just look clumsy when they try to use it. And now this guy just like has the footwork of like an eight-year pro at this point. I don't know where his footwork <laughs> came from, but then his physicality, how he uses it to get to the line again, like officials seem to really respect him there. He's got to be the most improved player in the country, and he is just an absolute force. I thought Tubelis was their best player by a pretty considerable margin coming into the year. I thought he was their best player last Last year, it didn't hold up in the tournament, of course. But him, Matherin, Coloco, Terry—that that four was just elite. But the level that Ballo has reached now has them in the whole other stratosphere of a team for me, where I just think that they're better than last year because they have this legitimate one-two punch. Now, like the next questions you guys are going to ask about who who steps up after that—that's where I start to really have hesitations about this team in terms of talking about them like a Final Four team, like not as much for a team for a game like this. But this game might be one where we're at twenty-five, twenty-one. ASU and it's like the six minute mark of the first quarter or the four minute mark and the offense just isn't coming together and they're going to need someone individually on the perimeter to step up because if that's the score that means their their, um, interior game's not working that means the defense that you guys have been great at all year is there that's where Larson or Creasa or Ramey or Henderson or Boswell or Ball will have to step up and that's where it's been more hit or miss for them compared to last year because last year a dozen games, Tubelis was their best player. 11, it was Matherin. 8, it was Terry. It was always someone different who was their best player. This year, it's either it's either Ballo or Tubelis, and it's not really close. Dude, that's what I was saying last week. This U of A team is just as good as they were last year, and Kellen's making a good point. They might be even better. And obviously, ASU's made great bounds and great leaps to where they were last year with how they've started this year and you know obviously a couple of bad road losses which sucks but honestly I think you need some of those losses and the thing that we talked about last week as well is so uh, UA played two games last week ASU played one ASU obviously got their asses kicked and they've been sitting on it over the holiday weekend Kellen question for you how much do you think especially for college kids who can be pretty emotional how much do you think that could add to the effect of playing against your rival granted it's during a holiday break but i still imagine dfa is going to be packed on saturday night or saturday afternoon yeah it will be um i I know wildcat fans will be there for sure and i think just because the sun devils have a really good team this year potentially partnered in with the fact that it is the uasu game i think it's going to be packed there even on new year's eve it's going to be packed uh i i think that they're going to handle the moment well last year was basically five games in realizing like oh my god we could have a national champion let's see how they look 
at Tennessee and in these couple of non-conference games, and they were unfazed. They looked like this super-duper experienced team, and then we got to the <laughs> tournament, and then they looked like the unexperienced team that we were scared about, the inexperienced team we were scared about. This year, they've got even more experience. Courtney Ramey is a guy who comes from Texas who has a couple years' experience on him. Carissa Tubelis Ballo is included in there as well. Larson was on that team. Henderson is a senior as well. So they've just got the experience to kind of handle this game. I don't know which of you to ask this question, so it's open-ended, but I think the one thing that I think about like schematically and matchup-wise as well, how has Frankie Collins been on D? How has like perimeter defense been? Because interior-wise and just team defense, I know, but like point-of-attack defense in front of a guy. He's able to kind of hide behind all the other guys. Okay. Like Who's going to guard Carissa? Would it be him or would it be one of the Cambridges? Or Horn? It'll probably be Dez or Horn. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if, if you can get increases stuff consistently enough and just force him to be a scorer and you're able to like do that as a team and force him because executing game plans like individual game plans based on a specific team is really hard for college teams, let alone NBA teams. But if they can do that, if they can force Chris to be a scorer like a lot of teams have this year, that puts their offense in a certain way because everyone knows the high low action is coming and, and so on and so forth. Think about this, though. He's talking about how... You know, sometimes it's hard for this team to score, but they they got three guys that are over forty percent from three point from, from three point range. Like that's really good. ASU's really good though. It their guards are shooting thirty one percent, but and still, Carissa can get hot. Like he got can, he got hot in that game that they played in Vegas. Um, like he he's very good. You can throw out shooting percentages in rivalry games too. Uh, wasn't it? Was yeah. it the game last year, two years ago, where Arizona State went nuts? Yeah. In the uh, first half specifically. I think it was, it was last year. They, uh, I was listening to it on the way back from our son's practice, and it was like, Horn in the corner again, his fourth. And I was like, yeah, I, oh think we, I think we were there, Jeremy, uh, and... ASU started playing really well in the first half. They were making a lot of threes, and then they, they uh, U of A just took over in the second half. Um, but Matherin had a really big dunk. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> I believe I remember that. Uh, Kellen, this team when they when they lost to Utah on the road, I'm guessing there wasn't that great of a crowd there. But obviously, this is going to be a really good crowd. Um, Kind of to go with Jake's last question too. No, yeah, my, my yeah, my question is just like, how do you think this team handles like an atmosphere on the road and that that kind of thing? Yeah, it ties into the same things I said with Jake specifically last year and how many carryovers there are and how Ramey and Henderson are the other two guys that don't. Now, I think the point in the game to watch is like I, I mentioned, like what if it's like a stalemate, like fifteen minutes in or whatever. What do they do from there? But I think that once the freshman or uh, a ball is a sophomore in this case, once those three guys start to trickle in that's the point in the game to kind of watch I think foul trouble is humongous for U of A in every single game but especially in this one I'm interested to see how much how are they getting the line this year Arizona State are they fine okay whatever it's if they can get probably would like to see them get to the line more yeah if you can get in there and draw fouls against them and, and create some opportunities because that's where you get to Vasar looks like he's he's going to be good like he's going to be good probably next year I don't know if he's good right now he's having more positive moments than I thought um, Vesar is a seven foot kind of mobile big who you would kind of think is soft when you look at him at first, but then watching him play this season, he's absolutely not soft. He plays very physical inside. He blocks shots. He gets positioning for rebounds, things like that. But he's a freshman and he's green. He has a lot of moments. Kylan Boswell to me is one of the most exciting players on the team. He's still 17. He plays point guard like he's 22 or 23. <laughs> he just needs to get more time. And that's why Lloyd has been playing him a lot right now because he could pay off for them in February. February and March. And then Adama Ball is 
if we could get someone who knows what to do with this, you're an NBA wing, but he just has no idea what to do with what he's got, which is like he's a 3 and D wing, perfect, but he's just got no idea, and you never know on the night. So again, if you get foul trouble, but even without foul trouble, when two of the, or three of those guys are in at the same time, that is when ASU can really make up the margin. I assume like net rating and plus minus and all stuff backs up what I'm saying from an eye test perspective, but that like to me is like, okay, it's 13-7 Arizona, Tubelis gets a second foul. Henderson comes in. Vasar comes in. Horn hits the three. Cambridge hits the three. Turnover dunk. 8-0 run. Crowd's going insane. Now it's 15-13. Oh, crap. We've got a game on our hands. I thought we were in a position. And then that's the point you're talking about, Jesse. I think they'll be able to handle that. But I think the game presents itself situations, too, because you guys are a really good defensive team, and that matters a lot. I also really like ASU's bench. Like, Jemiah Neal coming off the bench. I love Nunez. Luther Muhammad Nunez. Freshman. Brennan. The two freshmen. Freshmen though, like the two freshmen are really good, but they do have experience with Muhammad and um, Jeremiah Neal, who played a lot last season. So and obviously, experience with guys that played in the SEC. Devin Cambridge played in the SEC. Yeah, but I'm, then, I was talking about the bench in particular, yeah. and like how Kellen is describing yeah. that they don't have experience on the bench. Mm-hmm. And stuff. You know who'd be really guard, good guarding Tabellus? Marcus Bagley. <laughs> yeah, but you He'd know be what? Really he, good at doesn't, Ellis, but he doesn't play. He he does not play anymore. Correct. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's on the team. You guys would know better than me, man. I don't yeah, know, I don't but know. yeah, he's, he's, he's taking a leave of absence from yeah, the team right now. He's he's away from the team. Yes, I have a cut from it somewhere. Who's the so as the ASU podcast? Who's the one ASU player that needs to step up in this game? Des Des Des. Wow. Okay, no <laughs> and it's not that he has to step up in terms of like prove us something. It's if you don't perform, the team has no chance. He needs to have eighteen points. Just well, because it's, and, and it's, if if Des doesn't step up, it's. Who's it going to be? And also, yeah, and that's the second part. It's like, as soon as we found out Dez was not playing in San Fran, you start to look around, you're like, okay, well, who's going to make up for the offense? Collins. And then also the second part of that is, the other guys can create and score because Dez is scoring 20 plus points a game. You now take their best defender, put it on your second best offensive player and so on. And it just, and San Fran wasn't missing from three, so it didn't matter. 97 points, yeah. Um, But it, it... it's a Dez has to step up to give ASU a shot because that's how this team is built. Yes, and we're and we're talking about UA who has a chance to win the national championship. This isn't just a, any run of the mill team here. So he is the guy I'm scared of as a U of A fan because yes. what I saw in the Michigan game, the Michigan game, I saw all of that, and w- when he was shooting, I was like, isn't he the guy who hasn't made a three yet? And then I like looked it up and I was like, ooh, he is, and, and I was like, ooh, I like that. Like he's just. He will keep shooting the ball, and his yeah. like uh, for the you need guys like that though, Jesse. Like I'm, I, he's I a know, little bit Jr. Smith. I, he is, but you need guys like that. This team specifically really needs shooting, so he needs to start to get his percentage up a bit from 33, which he will. It's six attempts a game right now, so it's going to be Valdo. But the thing I liked, so 20 against Michigan, four threes, 19 against Stanford, he only hit two threes, but then 19 against Creighton, he had five threes, for the exception um, of the San Diego game where he had 23 and five threes. All of his best games have been in the marquee games and this is their marquee game of the year unquestionably so I think that he's the guy that scares me like if his first two threes don't go in I'm gonna exhale like big time but if he makes one of those two and then like looks at the student section I'm gonna be like oh god here's the thing we, we were interviewing him after the Stanford game and he goes that his favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and he said you know I used to play like that in high school do a bunch of fadeaway shots and then I realized that you can't play like that in college basketball you need to get your teammates involved so that should that should be the thing that scares you the most I'll do the opposite too. The one thing for Sun Devils fans, Sun Devil fans to watch early on for U of A and like a this is going well for us thing is just how Tubelis looks. He gets 
It depends. He's so downhill that he's often pressing, but when he does it in a way where it doesn't look like he's pressing, but he's kind of pressing still, it's really great. If he starts to go downhill and he's getting blocked, Washington's like a, a one of you said, like he's a huge dude. He's super long arms. Like Washington's going to block his shot at least once in this game. Like I'm willing yeah. to bet the house on that. If he gets discouraged and like the shots keep not going, and that's what happened in Utah. He was horrendous in the first half. Most of them were terrible in the first half. Then he got going, but he he was so bad at the start that the rest of the team kind of fell out of rhythm because of it because he's their guy. So watch for him in the first 10-15 minutes and if he's not really impacting the game, he's missing shots, getting blocked at the rim, passing up shots at the rim. Like That's the lengths it got to in the tournament. He's the guy that's like their swing guy, their version of Cambridge in a completely different way. Um, but then again, like like you said, like the shooting that they have, like they can make up for it in different ways, but he's like the one the swing guy they have. If they have one, but the team is so good and so balanced that they don't need if one guy's off, they're fine still. Couple things before we get you out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you think about this one. I want to get your NBA team comp for this Arizona team, if you can try and think about it. And before we do that, I want to get your predictions on both uh, U of ASU games this week. The women's game on Thursday at 6 p.m. in Tucson. What do you think, Kellen, happens there? Uh, NBA comp, that's an easy one, and this is not just because I cover them. It's the Suns last year and two years ago. Uh, just the way that they move the ball, the way that they play together, the way that any guy can step up at any night. Like I think that it's really them. That's a Suns thing I don't think you think about a ton, but they just have games where Torrey Craig is not their best player necessarily, but he just has a monster game. and yeah. They're depth and balance and the way that they play but most importantly just like the way they share the ball stylistically and just how unselfish they are in Lloyd's like free-flowing system but they're not there's they're not like any other team because Kirk Reese sprints the ball up every time he gets it and it seems like when he gets tired in games he plays better it's this weird thing where like if he's been on the court a long time he gets better the more because I think he just gets mad at his body trying to tell him to slow down he's like how dare you I'm just gonna keep running up the floor uh predictions okay women's game 6 p.m. on on Thursday in Tucson. Okay, for the women's game, I'm going to go 91-65, an absolute shellacking. I'm going to trust Jesse, the expert here, <laughs> I get, to guide me along the way. Arizona is scoring 82.6 points per game. They're yeah, number that's, 16 that's, that's, scoring offense in the NCAA. Men's game, I will go... Man... You can tell by the way I answered it that I think this game is going to be weird and close. Like, Arizona should just kill them. They should just kill mostly everyone that they play, to be honest. But I'm going to go against... I'm going to go with my head and not my heart. I'm going to go 71-64 Arizona. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be drag out, and then the second half is going to be... But I think the... I've really liked the defense for ASU, and I think it's going to give us some problems. That's a compliment, by the way, to be clear. I just didn't pick ASU to win, but you can tell. I, I mean, yeah, you got, you guys scored uh, 90.2 points a game, number two scoring offense in the country, and you have them scoring about 20 less points. Jesse and Jake, we, we've both had conversations around the office without mics off where you can hear how like cocky I am about this team last year <laughs> and this year. And like, I'm not, uh, that's how I would be about picking this game against almost anyone, <laughs> but I, I really like uh, ASU this year. So Yeah, I'll, 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 probably, I'll probably put Arizona in my final four once we get to tournament time if they continue this up. <laughs> Because I tend to fall in love with a good Pac-12 team in a tournament. Pac-12 bias. Would they double ball? Do they double bigs this year? I, He's, he hasn't been good with doubles. They might double him. Yeah, but there's also... You would hope they see that on film. Yeah, but... But the problem is if they double, we have a bunch of 40% three-point <laughs> yeah. shooters. That's yeah. like the divide, but he hasn't yeah. handled doubles well this year. I just randomly thought of that. 
be interesting to see. Well, are you going to be there on Saturday? I'm going to try and get tickets now. I, I had this thing where I just realized I don't work during it. I just as always assume I work during things, but I don't work during that, so I might go. Yeah. I want to go. I'll put a camera in your face if you want. No. Okay. Well, no, thank you. There you go. We can't I don't just want get, any, a, we I don't can't want get any. a picture of Kellen just with his like U of A stuff on. Just going I'm gonna paint. You gonna, you gonna have red face paint or anything? I'm gonna or? blow kisses back at Kirk Risa. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> rah rah rah! Go Arizona. <laughs> That's me in the sands. Sounds just rah like rah. Yeah. rah rah rah. Kellen Olson, yeah. uh, our Arizona Sports Suns reporter. You can check all of his writing out on ArizonaSports.com. Kellen, thank you so much. And, and you gotta ch- you gotta plug his podcast. In Empire oh, of the Suns yep, with, of course. with Kevin uh, Zimmerman. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Not as good of a vibe as this one right now, to say the least, over there. Well, I mean, you got a few straight road games coming up, so do or die time for the team. And now Booker's coming back here to get a little little rest in the valley <laughs> over the... We just went through the football season, so... Yeah. Yeah, what, well, all right, whatever you guys say. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks Kellen. Thanks, Kellen, 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 Kellen. I don't know. Please stop. <laughs> Thanks again to Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports Suns reporter, for giving us the lowdown on what he thinks is going to happen in both the men's and women's games this week. The women's game happens this Thursday at 6 p.m. down in Tucson, Arizona, 10 and 1 on the season, 1 and 0 in the Pac-12. Uh, they have one win over a then-ranked team, and they lost to Kansas in their one loss that was 77 to. 50, so they lost by 27 points on December 8th. Boy, oh boy, this is the matchup you've been waiting for, Jesse. Jade Lavelle playing against her former teammates. Yeah, um, this is, you know, I asked one of her former teammates at the very first press conference of the year, like, hey, you know, some of your teammates transferred, especially one uh, that went down to U of A or whatever, and she just kind of said, you know, I'm supportive of all my teammates, but in my opinion, the one way that ASU can win this game is if the returning players on a- on Arizona State are super fired up and want to come out and you know show the the country and the Pac-12 and Jade Lavelle that hey, we're good without you. So that that in my opinion is is kind of one of the keys to this game, and obviously just jade as a player she's shooting over 50 percent from three-point range like that's insane so she, she's a really good player she's probably gonna play in the league or she'll be a very good euro league player for a long time um or both because some uh a lot of players most go overseas um real quick does that count as a league devil Hashtag yes. Uh, yeah, if she does. I'm sure. That, yeah, I mean, she did spend counts. one year here and led the team okay. in, in scoring. Sure. Led the team in, in scoring last season. So, yeah, but I mean, I think that that she as a player herself could be huge in this game because Arizona State at times this year, like we've talked about with the men's team, uh, has struggled stopping the three-point shot. Um, and so yeah, that, that will be a... A thing that they need to do. They need to close out on the shooters. That is something that I have noticed that they they're they're a little slow to to close out on three point shooters. Um, their defense just is not as uh, fine tuned as it's been, you know, in, in previous seasons. So yeah, just Jade Lavelle as the player, like they're gonna have to stop her among the other, you know, top players for U of A. Players like Treasure Hunt have stepped up as of late. And, of course, we talked about this last week, Jesse. Meg Newman has stepped up lately. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need to play her 
starter minutes. I think she's good as a spark off the bench, but they're going to need to play her starter minutes. Yeah, and I was talking to uh, Jeff Munn about this the other day, and he was talking about how she's great off the bench, but he wants to see her play starter minutes, like you said. Yes, correct. I she is she might be their best player, and I know Ty Skinner is a is number fifteen in the country in scoring. But she's playing great. Yeah, 20.6 but points per game. I think it's better when she scores like 15 to 18, is distributing the ball more. And Meg Newman's kind of just the player out there that's doing everything. And yeah, I think she might be their best player. They're going to have to use her more and, you know, kind of as that, that starter role, like like we, we said, or, or, you know, sixth player that plays 28 plus. The thing that I love about this ASU team is that they got a bunch of size. They got a bunch of six foot plus girls on this team. And I, I think that's going to help. Uh, that's going to help in the long run, not necessarily this year, but, but next year for sure. In this game specifically, I, I just hope that they're, like you said, able to close out on U of A shooters because they're, they're shooting the lights out right now. Yeah, and uh, they also have good size and are a good rebounding team, yeah. uh, U of A. So they're going to need to stop all that. Again, it's it's going to be very hard for a lot of things are going to have to go right. And unlike with this, uh, with the men's game, they're, they're going to be down in Tucson. And that place is one of the best atmospheres for women's basketball in the country. They get 7,500 plus. Um, you know, it'll probably be 10,000 for this one. Um, I've been down there for these women's games, and it's it's unbelievable how well they support women's basketball down there. 942 so, crew also travels very well they for will, those games. They will, yeah. but again, they will be drowned out. Like, I'm going to be fully honest here. They're going to be drowned out. This is one of the best women's basketball atmospheres. Just, It's one of the best atmospheres for college basketball in the country in general. And those fans just absolutely love college basketball down there. It's the thing to do in Tucson. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard for Arizona State to overcome that, I think. They don't have much experience with that atmosphere, especially because in 2020, when some of these players went down there, it was, you know, empty. So uh, they've only had one anybody on the team has only had one game down there mm-hmm. with this atmosphere so it 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 should be difficult for Arizona State um as Kellen said in our uh interview and as I said um I don't think it's going to be very close uh ASU's lost 3 out of 4 and 4 out of their last 6 as well uh lost against Notre Dame by 20 beat GCU then lost to UMass Missouri and Stephen F Austin and but their last game, they played very well against Prairie View, eighty-two to sixty-seven was the victory. Meg Newman had a spark uh, game, a game where she showed a lot, um, coming off rebounds. the bench uh, and, and uh, being able to to play alongside Treasure Hunt as well. Um, and, and then obviously, Jake, when a team's going through a stretch like that, where you know three out of their last four they've lost. What do you think needs to happen specifically for a mindset of a team like that to get back on track when you're playing against your rival, nonetheless? I think you just said it. I mean, you're you're when you're struggling, you're looking for anything, you're looking for any edge to motivate yourself other than the like obvious of being a competitor and just wanting to win basketball games. But when you're playing your rival, you're on the road. I mean, it's an opportunity if you can go in there and you can literally shut a bunch of people up. <laughs> I mean, that's always a motivating factor. You're playing uh, one of your former teammates who obviously left for your bitter rival to pursue her dreams of whatever she wants to aspire, if that's a natty, if that's going to the league, maybe it's both. But 
from a game plan perspective, I yeah, mean, you 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 got to play your ass off. Like, yeah. like, like it's the same thing as the for the men this weekend. Like, you're playing a team who, let's face it, you probably know is better than you, but it doesn't mean you can't beat them. Yeah, upsets happen all the time. It's a rivalry game, and like Kellen said, throw percentages out the window when that happens. We talk about that for every sport. So, I'm looking forward to it, Jesse. You'll be there. Yep. So I'm looking forward to you covering it as well. I hope that when the men go down there, we'll get to go as well. 100%. Because the McHale Center is a place I haven't been to for a game, Mm -hmm. and I would love to see because I have... Heard the exact Great thing. Arena. I have heard the exactly what Jesse Sun said. Devils road trip. You want to do a podcast on the road on our way to the game? I guys? would love to, while you're driving. Jake will probably be on the <laughs> Jake will probably be on the phone with some show. <laughs> Hopefully, like he was the last time. Yeah, that, no, that's good. We like Jake getting his his uh, his voice out there. Yeah, it was it was funny because we were just driving down to the football game. I wanted. To and just, there, there were just there were just pauses, and we didn't know what the question was, and then Jake would start talking, and then yeah. Could you imagine if we were just like hi? In the background, yeah, that would be, un- would be like, been unprofessional. <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, hopefully we can go down for that game. I'm ha- I'm happy that Jesse gets to go down for this women's game because it's going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll see. This is quite the way for ASU to start off their Pac-12 schedule against their their rival yeah. down in in Tucson on break. Yeah, yeah. I did. Why? Why is this a thing? What? I'm going to go on a tangent here for just a second. Why are they scheduling rivalry games during break? This is terrible. It is a horrible decision by the Pac-12. Stop this right now. I might. I might post this on my Twitter or on our show Twitter. But you know, Commissioner Klyovkov, make this stop. Okay, that's it. That's all you got. Yeah, you got. Can we do predictions <laughs> if now? If I had to give it. Guess as to why? I'm guessing that playing or having to find travel accommodations during this time of year out of state is A, harder, but B, much more expensive than staying in state. Because they can just take the bus and stay in their own places. Well, um, this guess is, what? The Pac-12 isn't paying their players, so they, they can they can afford to pay for plane tickets. Or just I'm not like, saying it's right. <laughs> I'm just saying that's my theory as to why they're not paying for out of state travel during the holidays or just sneak a game in february or january at the beginning of the week it uh, other conferences don't just play on thursday saturday or friday sunday it's not that big i'm of not a gonna deal lie this wednesday one. sunday stuff some pisses me off it's, it really throws me off mm-hmm. i oh wednesday sunday is the worst or there's or they're doing a there's so many games on sunday now it's so they're, weird they're doing a middle of the nfl season yeah they're doing a thursday sunday next week i believe Ugh. And then, but but they're doing a Friday Sunday women's. So there's there's going to be two games uh, at DFA back to back next week. I like when they do that though. Yeah, I do too. But not when it's like eleven and three because then the men's game is going to get pushed. And it, there, there's there's Saturday night. Like why can't they do Saturday night for the men's game? It just I don't predictions. I don't like. Hold on, I have the answer to that because it's New Year's Eve in America. No, no, I'm talking about next week. Okay, ne- never mind. Next week, New Year's Eve. There's a game that we're going to. Yeah, but it's in the afternoon. Correct. There's a women's game at 7 p.m. against Stanford, though, on the road in Palo Alto. Why? <laughs> on New Year's Eve. I, that's I don't, don't get it. America proved that they would rather party than watch college football, on let, let alone sports, on New Year's Eve. True. New Year's Eve is a horrible holiday. For I don't like a lot of to, holidays. To watch TV, yeah. Anyway, predictions. We'll start with the women's game. 
Uh, Jake, what do you think? I'll be pretty blunt about it. I think ASU loses both handily. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Do you have score predictions or just that? that's it? I mean, I'm fine with that. I would, 20 plus. I, I would say, yeah, I would say around tw- uh, around 20 for both. Oof. Uh, women's game, it's going to be 85. Uh, I think it's going to be 90 to 72. Yeah, uh, like that's literally exactly what I'm thinking. ASU mm-hmm. scores pretty well. They figure out how to score. So I'm going to say they still get up to 72, but it's going to be 90 to 72 U of A. Men's game. Here's the thing. There's there are a lot of times these teams will split or it'll be close at, you know, ASU will keep it close at home. So I think I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think ASU is going to play their best game of the year and they're going to win 60. Better than the Michigan game? Correct. 64 <laughs> to 62. That, that's that would my not prediction. be better than the Michigan. That would yes. Not. Yeah, they're beating a top five team. <laughs> they're beating a top. That, that's their best game of the year. They beat a top five team. It's going to be sixty four to sixty two. Arizona State. They're going to come away with this, and then they're going to go down to Tucson in two months or whenever they play them and get absolutely obliterated. I think it'll be close and within reach at half, and then as the second half goes, the percentages start to matter more because of the amount of shots. U of A will get to the foul line. Yep. As we talked about with Kellen, does Warren Washington get in foul trouble? Does Bialo start taking over from and then rebounding? So from that Did we aspect, see a little bit of Enoch Boachi in this game. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, you, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be third string in terms of like going up. He'll probably yeah him he between him and Duke Brennan after Warren Washington. That's who's going to have to play defense. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, for for the women's game, I think uh, ASU loses it, eighty three to sixty four. Um, I don't know why. I'm just okay because uh, U of A is averaging eighty three points a game. So okay, there, there's that. <laughs> um, and then for the men's game, I also think it's going to be closer than people think. But I think U of A's scoring and percentages is going to ob- be the the outlier in this one. I'm going to go eighty five. To seventy-one, U of A wins. So yeah, I mean, yeah. fourteen points. Yeah, handed. Yeah, it'll it they'll pull away in the end. Yeah, a uh, little bit of football news. Uh, ASU picked up uh, another transfer. This one from Oregon, Bram Walden. This is huge because he's a four-star. Went to Sororo, uh, then went to um, then went to Oregon. He was a number two player in Arizona in 2021. He's got three years of eligibility left. Number ten overall tackle in the country yeah. in 2021. Size, line of scrimmage, and depth. Yes, more offensive yes. line and an offensive lineman. No offense to. Some of the other offensive linemen Arizona State has had, but he went to Oregon. He's had coaching at Oregon versus D two schools. Panay Sewell went to Oregon Correct. too. So Correct. that was uh so that they uh they were able to coach him into a first round pick. So Correct. We'll have to see. That's gonna do it for this. One last edition. thing. Yeah, go ahead. Again, there's a million different trackers and rankings. Yeah. But in some ASU is number one in the transfer portal. Cool. What that means, you can take with whatever cool. you want. And, and but Kenny Dillingham has made a difference in the. He's literally been exactly one month. He got hired November twenty seventh. It's been exactly one month. This dude's kicking ass. And we, dilly dilly. Uh, we talked about this the other day, though. You know, obviously this is a big one in a four star recruit, but most of the four star five stars haven't decided yet. So once that starts to happen. 
We'll see where Arizona State stands. That's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Jake's articles at ArizonaSports.com before the men's game on Saturday. And obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at AZSportsDevils. Jesse will have all the updates for the women's game on Thursday. And we'll have all the coverage on Saturday for the men's game. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao.